Yesterday I was thinking about how God loves to use ordinary people to do extraordinary things so he can get the glory. Welcome to Healing Begins. I am glad you're listening. My name is Pastor Gail Crock, and I just want to talk about how God uses the ordinary to do amazing things in this world. In Mark chapter 16, verse 20, it says, The disciples went out and preached everywhere, and the Lord worked with them and confirmed his word by signs that accompanied it. And, you know, I just want to say that if you feel like you're ordinary or just plain, you're a person that God wants to use to do extraordinary things. And so I thought about Jeremiah and I going to Honduras and seeing signs, wonders, and miracles, watching God move in a dramatic way. We would consider ourselves ordinary, not extraordinary. You know, and when I read the Bible, there's a scripture that always stands out to me. It's James 5.17 that says, Elijah was a man just like us. And he prayed, and the heavens didn't give rain for three and a half years. Now, when I read that for the first time where it said Elijah was a man just like us, I wouldn't ever consider myself in the same category as Elijah. I would consider him like superhuman, awesome, and amazing. And yet, the Bible takes note that he was just like us. And then, when you look at Jesus and who he chose to be his 12 disciples, you know, Peter was a foul-mouthed fisherman. Matthew was a tax collector. Luke was a doctor. You know, and so he, he chose ordinary people. And then what God did is he equipped ordinary people to do extraordinary things. When I read the scripture in Mark 16, verse 20, uh, five things stand out to me that it's good to think about. Number one, the disciples went out. You know, all of us are called to be disciples. All of us. And all of us are called to go out. You know, just not stay where we're at, but to go out. And then the second thing that stands out to me is they preached everywhere. Well, what did they preach? Well, they preached the good news of Jesus Christ, that Jesus was the Son of God, that he rose again. He died on the cross for us. They preached about the healing that is found in his name. And I mean, the good news. And so they preached everywhere. That doesn't mean they had a pulpit everywhere they went. But what that means is our lives are testimonies. Our lives are epistles written and read of all men. So they went out and preached everywhere. And the third thing that I noticed in this scripture is this. The Lord worked with them. I got thinking about this. If the Lord is working with us, how can we ever go wrong? So if we're preaching the gospel, we're going out, and the Lord is working with us, it is a win-win situation. Now, the only time we might have questions if we pray and it doesn't turn out the way we thought or turn out the way we thought it should turn out, but it said the Lord worked with them. The end results were signs, wonders, 
and miracles. Wow, what a praise the Lord. Signs, wonders, miracles, salvation. And number five, it was the Lord himself who said in Matthew 28, verse 19, Go ye therefore. How many of you tonight or this morning would love to see the amazing miracles of Jesus? Then you got to get out on a limb where those miracles are needed. You got to be in situations where you're praying for someone and you know that if it wasn't for God, uh, things are hopeless where you need a miracle. When I think of the American church, if you tell the church, well, we're going to have Missionary Sunday. What happens is a lot of people don't come. They think it's going to be boring. And a lot of people don't come because the pastor's not speaking. In Honduras, however, it's just the opposite. If you tell them the missionaries are coming, the church is packed with people hanging out the doors and the windows. People have an expectation that the supernatural, extraordinary healing power of God himself is going to be with the missionaries. And that's what's incredible about ordinary people. God will take a person like you and me. We're just ordinary. And then he will equip us to do the work of the ministry. He will equip us to go out and do extraordinary things. We will actually see the Lord working with us. I remember years ago I was called to try to win to the Lord a man that had three months to live. I was told he was very crabby, especially when it came to preachers. Well, I went to the hospital to visit him. He had three months to live. And when I got in the room to talk to him, he said to me, I don't want to go to heaven. I want to go to hell. And he had all the reasons why he wanted to go to hell. And I shared with him for two hours the good news of Jesus Christ and how going to hell was not a good thing. Then the next day I went back and shared another two hours. He still didn't want the Lord. And it was getting tough. And then finally, on a July uh, the 3rd, I felt the Lord send me to his house and I shared the gospel and the Lord was working with us. And the presence of the Lord came into his room and his wife said, don't you want to go to heaven to be with me? And he broke down and he accepted Christ into his heart. And that morning, walking on the way to the bathroom, he passed away at 2 a.m. in the morning. And I began to think about, wow, what, a that, what it must have been for him to see heaven after he accepted Christ in a very uh, short period of time. Then I remember when I was working at a trauma center, I want to share this story. I got called to visit a room where the lady was dying of a brain tumor within the center of her brain. And this lady was told that if she did not get an operation on this tumor, it would be a life or death situation. So I went in to visit her and I walked in the door and I said, I'm the chaplain. And the first words out of her mouth were, I need to get saved. Well, I didn't get out my Bible and go through all these scriptures. I just let her in a sinner's prayer, led her to Christ, and she accepted the Lord. And then she said to me, I'd like you to baptize me. 
So normally I dunk people, I don't sprinkle them, but I got a styrofoam cup from the nurse's station and then I baptized her. And then um, I said, now that we've baptized you and you've given your heart back to the Lord, why don't I anoint you with oil for healing? And she agreed and we prayed and she asked me if I was a healer like three or four times and I assured her I was not a healer, but she told me that all the pain in her head left she went back to the doctor, and when, when they went in the next day to do brain surgery, there was no tumor. And I came to visit her the next day. I said, you don't look like someone that has had brain surgery. She said, no, I, I didn't. They got in to do brain surgery and realized there was, no, there was no tumor in there. And the brain surgeon said, what went on between yesterday and today? And she said, well... The chaplain came in and prayed for me, and he threw his hands in the air and said, well, you know, that'll do it. And then there was another time when I was walking through the nurse's station in the hospital. Uh, I asked if there was anything I could do for anyone, and a young girl there had her foot all wrapped up and was walking on crutches. She said, I'm in pain. You can pray for my foot. She didn't tell me what was wrong with her foot. She held her foot up. I put my hands on each side of her foot and prayed. She goes, that feels better. The, the pain is gone. And uh, she went back to the doctor because what they had done, there had been a bone spur on top of her big toe and they had cut her big toe completely open and it was healing from the inside out. And when she went back to the brain, but went back to the surgeon, he unwrapped the foot and he goes, wow, what happened? You healed up two weeks earlier than normal. And she told them it was because the power of prayer. There was a lady that I had a chance to pray for whose legs were frozen and they were about to cut her legs off, amputate her legs. And she had a big sore on her right foot and her right foot was bandaged up. Well, when I stood in front of her, I really felt led of the Lord to pull her to her feet. And when I had pulled her to her feet, she was pretty wobbly, and I had her walk with me across the front of the church. And the more we walked, the more excited she got because all the feeling came back to her legs, all the feeling came back to her feet. Uh, she was just so excited. Then I found out three days ago, after we'd been back a little while, she went back to the doctor. They unwrapped the right foot where the big sore that wasn't healing was at, and when they unwrapped the right foot, the sore was completely healed up. There was no more sore left. So she does not have to have surgery. Now, I don't call myself extraordinary. Let me share with you what I think makes the difference. What I think makes the difference is when we go to Honduras, the minister in the mountains, those people have an expectation of God touching them and healing them. In fact, this lady that was supposed to have her legs amputated, the day of our meeting, she was supposed to have a doctor's appointment. And she said, I'm not going to the doctor. I am going to church for my miracle. And she indeed got her miracle that day. Then we had a a 13-year-old girl who couldn't speak and couldn't hear, but she knew sign language, 
and uh, wanted prayer and was believing God for her miracle too. As we prayed for her, she got some of the hearing back in her right ear and she began to mouth some words she had never spoken before. So God was at work. I'm always amazed at the expectations that people have. I'm going to tell you something. When you raise your expectations to the level that they do, that faith and that expectations bring results, and God honors it. Just like the woman in the Bible with the issue of blood, she said, if I can only get near Jesus and touch his garment, I know I will be healed. And that's exactly what she did. She got near Jesus, reached out, pressed through the crowd, touched the hem of his garment, and the Lord healed her. And, and the issue of blood that she was carrying was healed up at its source. And then I'm reminded of another Bible story. This Bible story comes out of uh, the book of Acts. And you all know a man named Saul. He was persecuting the church. He was getting papers from Damascus and he was going and he was putting Christians in jail and having them executed. Then one day, on the way to get more Christians and to arrest more Christians, a light shone from heaven and knocked him off his horse. And he heard a voice say, Saul, Saul, why do you persecute me? And he said, Who speaks, Lord? And the voice said, I am Jesus, whom you are persecuting. He was blind and led back to his home on Straight Street. There was an ordinary man who had been praying. His name was Ananias. And God spoke to Ananias in a dream. And he said, Ananias, Ananias, uh, brother Saul is at this certain address on Straight Street. He has been praying. He is blind. And if you go pray for him, um, he will be healed. And I imagine Ananias said, oh, wait a minute, Lord. Do you know who I'm going to pray for? This Saul's a dangerous man, right? But Ananias goes and enters the house. And he says to Brother Saul, Brother Saul, the Lord who appeared to me and appeared to you has sent me here to lay hands on you that you might receive your sight. And the minute he laid his hands on him, he was healed. And that was Ananias, just a simple, ordinary man within a church that God used on a special mission to win a very important person to Jesus Christ. And you know, maybe you feel like you're just plain and ordinary, but I would say that when God created you, he created you for a reason and a purpose. I would also say, hey, ask God what he would have you do. Start stepping out. Start praying for people. Read the Bible. Read the book of Acts. Read how the disciples went out. And read how they ministered, how they preached, how they prayed for people. Just take your time and read through the book of Acts. We live in a day and age where there is a lot of hopelessness. 
and there is a lot of people that are in need of prayer. Don't worry about it if somebody turns you down. Don't worry about it if one person doesn't want you to pray for them. I remember I was standing in a checkout line at Walmart, and there was a lady standing ahead of me in line, and I said to her, I feel like you have a physical problem and you're in need of prayer. And she said, well, I am. She said, my right arm bothers me a lot, and I really can't lift or do anything with it. And so I said, well, you allow me to pray for you right now? And she said, yes, I will. So I began to pray for her right arm, and when I was done, I said amen, and she went on with her conversation with the other gals that came with her to the checkout line. And then without thinking, she took her right arm, and she reached down, and she grabbed groceries, and she put them on a belt. And she said, oh my goodness, I couldn't do that before. And she began to move her arm all around. The Lord had healed her arm. Then the other lady in the line said, well, will you pray for me? My husband has cancer. So we spent, we turned the checkout line in Walmart into a prayer line. What an amazing, amazing thing it is when God uses ordinary people to do extraordinary things. And then one time when I was up in Grand Rapids, I was having my car serviced and I went into my favorite restaurant and the waitress said to me, I've been waiting a year and a half to talk to you. And I said, you have? She goes, yeah. And I said, well, she said, do you remember the conversation we had at your table a year and a half ago? And my goodness, I don't remember conversations I had a month ago, let alone a year ago or a year and a half. And she said, you remember I told you that I couldn't have children, so you prayed. And a month later, she said she got pregnant. Her and her husband had a child. And the meaning of the name of the child is the Lord has answered. And I just said, thank you, Lord. Sometimes we're so busy going about our lives, praying for people, helping people, that we don't get to see the end results of the things that are really happening. And there are so many opportunities to pray for people that are stressed out, depressed, hurting. Hey, don't worry about the results. I call it the hit and run method. Pray and leave. Pray and leave. The results will catch up to you later. And just the other day, I had another girl say she was looking for me too because the spiritual care healing process had totally transformed her life. And I said, wow. And that was back like 10 years ago. And here she is 10 years later and still giving testimony and glory to God for all the good things he's done. Listen, you're important to God. You can do extraordinary things especially when God is with you, working with you, going with you, wherever you go in your daily life. We got to remember, when we go to places in our daily life, we're not going alone. The Lord is always with us. 
His angels are always with us. In fact, I want to share this. I think many times we miss opportunities that are right in front of our faces, but because we're so busy with our life and we got our agenda, we don't necessarily see the opportunity. And many times, I know for me, the way the Lord speaks to me is like through a still small voice, like through the, a, a whisper, so quiet, I could very easily ignore it. And many times when I go back and I do what the whisper told me to do, it is very much successful. And so, you know, it's good to pray that God would give us opportunities to pray for people, to encourage people, to give people an encouraging word. Just don't do it at church. Do it everywhere you go. Look, opportunities are all around us. You know, when we were in Honduras, I didn't share this story. We ordered breakfast and we got a lot of extra breakfast given to us. And there were two security guards standing outside guarding a store. And so I ordered two pineapple juices and brought the breakfast to the two security guards. They were so shocked. You know what they said? They said, you're one in a million. No one ever does that for us. And I shared that, you know, I was a pastor. Listen, I want to close off this time by saying, God wants to use you to do extraordinary things. Your prayers are powerful. If God can use me, he can use you. Lord, I pray that you would encourage people that are under the sound of my voice today. Let them know that you have a plan for them and that you want to use them in extraordinary ways. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you for tuning in to Healing Begins. God bless you and have a good morning. Healing Begins is brought to you by Spiritual Care Consultants of West Michigan. We are a 501c3 nonprofit organization. 
We are not a church, but a healing ministry based out of a doctor's office, and my partner is Dr. Troy Carlson. Maybe you're looking for a chance to donate somewhere. You have some money and you'd like to make a donation? Well, we are a great place to donate. Go to our website, www.spiritualcareconsultants.com, and click on Donate, or you can make your checks out to Spiritual Care Consultants and mail them to Spiritual Care Consultants, 1375 West Green Street, Suite 1, Hastings, Michigan, 49058. Most of all, I want to thank you for your prayers and all your support, and I want to say thank you for listening to Healing Begins.